Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, May 11th. We have just completed the observance and celebration of Passover and the seven days of the Feast of Unleavened Bread. But did you know that Passover is not really over until we get to the next biblical feast, which is Shavuot? There is the counting of the Omer, a 50-day count that takes you to Shavuot, or Pentecost. The giving of the Torah happened at Shavuot, exactly 50 days after the children of Israel left Egypt. A few thousand years later, on the exact same day, Shavuot, Yeshua's followers gathered in the upper room for a prayer meeting on Shavuot, also known as Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out in great power with a mighty wind and tongues of flames. The Omer is counted each evening after sundown. This year, Shavuot begins at sunset on Saturday, June 4th and ends at sundown on Monday, June 6th. We are to stand when counting the Omer, and we begin by reciting the following blessing. Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu melech haolam asher kitshanu mitzvotav zivanu al-sefirat ha-omer. Blessed are you, Adonai our God, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with your commandments and commanded us to count the Omer. After the blessing, we recite the appropriate day of the count. For example, Hayom Yom Echad LaOmer. Today is the 25th day of the counting of the Omer. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Emor, and it means say. Leviticus 23, 1-22 Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to B'nai Israel, and say to them, These are my fixed times, the fixed times of Hashem, which you shall proclaim as sacred occasions. On six days work may be done, but on the seventh day there shall be a Shabbat of complete rest, a sacred occasion. You shall do no work. It shall be a Shabbat of Hashem throughout your settlements. These are the set times of Hashem, the sacred occasions, which you shall celebrate each at its appointed time. In the first month, on the fourteenth day of the month, at twilight, there shall be a Passover offering to Hashem. 
and on the fifteenth day of that month Hashem's Feast of Unleavened Bread. You shall eat unleavened bread for seven days. On the first day you shall celebrate a sacred occasion. You shall not work at your occupations. Seven days you shall make offerings by fire to Hashem. The seventh day shall be a sacred occasion. You shall not work at your occupations. Hashem spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to B'nai Israel and say to them, When you enter the land that I am giving to you, and you reap its harvest, you shall bring the first sheaf of your harvest to the Kohen. He shall elevate the sheaf before Hashem for acceptance on your behalf. The Kohen shall elevate it on the day after the Shabbat. On the day that you elevate the sheep, you shall offer as a burnt offering to Hashem a lamb of the first year without blemish. The meal offering with it shall be two-tenths of a measure of choice flour with oil mixed in, an offering by fire of pleasing odor to Hashem, and the libation with it shall be of wine, a quarter of a hen. Until that very day, until you have brought the offering of your God, you shall eat no bread or parched grain or fresh ears. It is a law for all time throughout the ages in all your settlements. And from the day on which you bring the sheaf of the elevation offering, the day after the Shabbat, you shall count off seven weeks. They must be complete. You must count until the day after the seventh week, fifty days. Then you shall bring an offering of new grain to Hashem. You shall bring from your settlements two loaves of bread as an elevation offering. Each shall be made of two-tenths of a measure of choice flour, baked after leavening, as first fruits to Hashem. With the bread you shall present as burnt offerings to Hashem seven yearling lambs without blemish one bull of the herd and two rams with their meal offerings and libations, an offering by fire of pleasing odor to Hashem. You shall also offer one he-goat as a sin offering and two yearling lambs as a sacrifice of well-being. The Kohen shall elevate these, the two lambs, together with the bread of first fruits, as an elevation offering before Hashem. They shall be holy to Hashem for the Kohen. On the same day you shall hold a celebration. It shall be a sacred occasion for you. You shall not work at your occupations. This is a law for all time in all your settlements throughout the ages. And when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap all the way to the edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I, Hashem, am your God. First Samuel ten one to eleven fifteen. Samuel took a flask of oil and poured some on Saul's head and kissed him and said, Hashem, herewith anoints you ruler over his own people. When you leave me today, you will meet two men near the tomb of Rachel in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will tell you that the donkeys you set out to look for have been found, and that your father has stopped being concerned about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? You shall pass on from there until you come to the terebinth of Tabor. There you will be met by three men making a pilgrimage to Hashem at Bethel. 
One will be carrying three kids, another will be carrying three loaves of bread, and the third will be carrying a jar of wine. They will greet you and offer you two loaves of bread, which you shall accept. After that, you are to go on to the hill of Hashem, where the Philistine perfects reside. There, as you enter the town, you will enter a band of Nevi'im, encounter a band of Nevi'im coming down from the shrine preceded by lyres, timbrels, flutes, and harps, and they will be speaking in ecstasy. The spirit of Hashem will grip you, and you will speak in ecstasy along with them. You will become another man. And once these signs have happened to you, act when the occasion arises, for Hashem is with you. After that, you are to go down to Gilgal, ahead of me, and I will come down to you to present burnt offerings and offer sacrifices of well-being. Wait seven days until I come to you and instruct you what you are to do next. As Saul turned aside to leave Samuel, Hashem gave him another heart, and all those signs were fulfilled that same day. And when they came there to the hill, he saw a band of Nevi'im coming toward him. Thereupon the Spirit of Hashem gripped him, and he spoke in ecstasy among them. When all who knew him previously saw him speaking in ecstasy together with the Nevi'im, the people said to one another, What's happened to the son of Kish? Is Saul too among the Nevi'im? But another person there spoke up and said, And who are their fathers? Thus the proverb arose, Is Saul too among the Nevi'im? And when he stopped speaking in ecstasy, he entered the shrine. Saul's uncle asked him and his servant, Where did you go? To look for the donkeys, he replied. And when we saw that they were not to be found, we went to Samuel. Tell me, said Saul's uncle, What did Samuel say to you? Saul answered his uncle, He just told us that the donkeys had been found, but he did not tell him anything of what Samuel had said about the kingship. Samuel summoned the people to Hashem at Mitzpah and said to them, Thus said Hashem, the God of Israel, I brought Israel out of Egypt, and I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and of all the kingdoms that oppressed you. But today you have rejected your God, who you delivered, who delivered you from all your troubles and calamities, where you said, No, set up a king over us. Now station yourselves before Hashem by your tribes and clans. Samuel brought forward each of the tribes of Israel, and the lot indicated that the tribe of Benjamin. Then Samuel brought forward the tribe of Benjamin by its clans, and the clan of the Matrites was indicated. And then Saul, son of Kish, was indicated. But when they looked for him, he was not to be found. They inquired of Hashem again, Has anyone else come here? And Hashem replied, Yes, he is hiding among the baggage. So they ran over and brought him from there. And when he took his place among the people, he stood a head taller than all the people. And Samuel said to the people, Do you see the one whom Hashem has chosen? There is none like him among all the people. And all the people acclaimed him, shouting, Long live the king! Samuel expounded to the people the rules of the monarchy, and recorded them in a document which he deposited before Hashem. 
Samuel then sent the people back to their homes. Saul also went home to Giva, accompanied by upstanding men whose hearts Hashem had touched. But some scoundrels said, How can this fellow save us? So they scorned him and brought him no gift. But he pretended not to mind. Nahash the Ammonite marched up and besieged Jabesh-Gilead. All the men of Jabesh-Gilead said to Nahash, Make a pact with us, and we will serve you. But Nahash the Ammonite answered them, I will make a pact with you on this condition, that everyone's right eye be gouged out. I will make this a humiliation for all Israel. The elders of Jabesh said to him, Give us seven days respite, so that we may send messengers throughout the territory of Israel. If no one comes to our aid, we will surrender to you. When the messengers came to Giva of Saul and gave this report in the hearing of the people, all the people broke into weeping. Saul was just coming from the field driving the cattle, and Saul asked, Why are the people crying? And they told him about the situation of the men of Jabesh. And when he heard these things, the spirit of Hashem gripped Saul, and his anger blazed up. He took a yoke of oxen and cut them into pieces, which he sent by messengers throughout the territory of Israel, with the warning, Thus shall be done to the cattle of anyone who does not follow Saul and Samuel into battle. Terror from Hashem fell upon the people, and they came out as one man. Saul mustered them in Bezek, and the Israelites numbered three hundred thousand, the men of Yehudah thirty thousand. The messengers who had come were told, Thus shall you speak to the men of Jabesh-Gilead tomorrow when the sun goes grows hot. You shall be saved. When the messengers came and told this to the men of Jabesh-Gilead, they rejoiced. The men of Jabesh then told the Ammonites, Tomorrow we will surrender to you, and you can do to us whatever you please. The next day Saul divided the troops into three columns. At the morning watch they entered the camp and struck down the Ammonites until the day grew hot. The survivors scattered. No two were left together. The people then said to Samuel, Who was it said, Shall Saul be king over us? Hand the men over, and we will put them to death. But Saul replied, No man shall be put to death this day, for this day Hashem has brought victory to Israel. Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal, and there inaugurate the monarchy. So all the people went to Gilgal, and there at Gilgal they declared Saul king before Hashem. They offered sacrifices of well-being there before Hashem, and Saul and all the men of Israel held a great celebration there. John 6, 43-71 Yeshua therefore answered and said unto them, the Jews, Murmur not among yourselves. No one can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that has heard and has learned of the Father comes to me. 
Not that any man has seen the Father, save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believes on me has everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread which I give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Yeshua said to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man, and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is made indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eats me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eats of this bread shall live for ever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Yeshua knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said to them, Does this offend you? What? And if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickens. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Yeshua knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come to me except it was given him of my Father. From that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Yeshua to the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Yeshua answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Psalm 107, 1-43 O give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distresses. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. O that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men! 
for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron, because they rebelled against the words of God and condemned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness and the shadow of death, and broke their bands in sunder. O oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men! For he has broken the gates of brass, and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgression, and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhors all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word, and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. O oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. They that go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heavens, they go down again to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and are at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distress. He makes the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad, because they be quiet. So he brings them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turns rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turns the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground into water springs. And there he makes the hungry to dwell, that they may prepare a city for habitation, and sow the fields and plant vineyards, which may yield fruits of increase. He blesses them also, so that they are multiplied greatly, and suffers not their cattle to decrease. Again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He pours contempt upon princes and causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet sets he the poor on high from affliction and makes him, makes him families like a flock. The righteous shall see it and rejoice, and all iniquity shall stop her mouth. Whoso is wise and will observe these things, even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Proverbs 15:1-3 A soft answer turns away wrath, but the grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pours out foolishness.
The eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. I'd like to speak to you today from Leviticus 23, our Torah portion, and then we're going to jump into 1 Samuel 10 and 11, and then we might also go into John chapter 6. Leviticus 23, this entire chapter, outlines for us instructions from the Lord about His feasts and about the Sabbath. You may have heard in mainstream Christianity, well, those feasts and the Sabbath, that was all done away with, uh, we're not under the law anymore. Or you may hear, oh, well, the, those feasts and the Sabbath, that's for the Jews, but that's not for us, for the Christians, for the non-Jews. But I'd like to read verse 2 from Leviticus 23. And it's very clear here in this verse who these feasts are uh, for and who they're from. Leviticus 23, verse 2, in the King James reads as follows, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them concerning the feasts of Yahweh, which you shall proclaim to be holy convocations. Even these are my feasts. Who are the children of Israel? The children of Israel includes all twelve tribes. Who is the family of God? The family of God is the house of Jacob. Jacob had twelve sons, twelve tribes. One of those tribes is Judah, the Jews. The other eleven tribes are non-Jews. That would include us. We are grafted in by faith. So this instruction is for you and I, my friend. Concerning these feasts of the Lord, and they are holy convocations. That word convocation in the Hebrew is mikra, and it means a calling together, a convocation, a sacred assembly. Okay, and then the word feasts in the Hebrew is moed, and moed is an appointed place, an appointed time, an appointed meeting. So, in a sense, God has a day timer, and He has appointments slotted in His day timer to meet with you and I. Now, we can meet with Him. Anytime, any place, anywhere, 24-7. We can pray and cry out to Him and hear from Him while we're driving in the car, while we're in the shower, while we're making food or doing dishes. Um, but there are special set-apart appointed days and times where He meets with His people. And that's what that word feast in the Hebrew means, mikra, is it is an appointed time. And so... These are the feasts of the Lord, verse 4. It doesn't say these are the feasts of the Jews. These are the feasts of the Lord, or the feasts of Yahweh. Holy convocations, which you shall proclaim in their seasons. Okay, so these feasts are for all of us who follow the God of Israel. And he lays out for us, first he begins with the Shabbat, which is the seventh day, which begins at Friday night sundown through Saturday night sundown. And then it goes into Passover. And then it goes into Feast of Unleavened Bread. And then it goes into the Counting of the Omer, which we're doing right now. We're in the midst of that. 
And then it goes on and speaks about Shavuot. Now, we did not finish the chapter today. We will finish it tomorrow. But the rest of this chapter lays out the fall feasts as well. The Feast of Trumpets, Day of Atonement, and uh, Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles. So these feasts are feasts from the Lord, and they are for all of his people. Now let's jump into 1 Samuel, chapter 10. And we see Samuel anointing Saul as king, and the people receive him as king. But initially, Samuel gives a prophecy to Saul, and it's very, very detailed. He tells him, this is what's going to happen. You're going to meet these two men. And then, um, well, let me just read chapter 10, verse 2. When you leave me today, you will meet two men near the tomb of Rachel in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah, and they will tell you that the donkeys you set out to look for have been found, and that your father has stopped being concerned about the donkeys and is worrying about you, saying, What shall I do about my son? The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Already in biblical times, the tomb of Rachel was a well-known landmark for the Israelites. Ever since Jacob buried his beloved son, wife, Rachel, the children of Israel have prayed at this holy site. According to the sages, Joseph stopped to pray at his mother's grave on his way down to Egypt. And when the children of Israel were exiled from the land, they also passed by Rachel's tomb, and she cried to God on their behalf, saving them from complete destruction. During the period of Turkish rule over the land of Israel, Sir Moses Montefiore renovated the tomb and constructed the domed building that covers the site in Bethlehem until today. Rachel's tomb was one of the holy places liberated by Israel in the Six-Day War and is again a site of prayer for the Jewish people. So now let's jump into chapter 11. And I'll read verse 14. Samuel said to the people, Come, let us go to Gilgal and there inaugurate the monarchy. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Samuel tells the people it is time to renew the monarchy, which leads to a second coronation of King Saul and great rejoicing. Rashi explains the need for this renewal. Previously, not everyone had acquiesced to Saul's appointment. At this point, though, the entire nation willingly agrees. Monarchy, like all just forms of governments, requires the consent of the governed. Therefore, it is not surprising that Israel's government in the contemporary pre-Messianic era is a democracy. In fact, it is the only democracy in a region of autocracies and theocracies. In the Middle East. And finally, now let's jump into John chapter 6. And in this section of the chapter that we read today, Yeshua is explaining to them some new things, some very deep things. He's revealing to them that He is the bread of life and He is the living bread that came down from heaven and that if any man eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I give is my flesh, which I give for the life of the world. 
And, you know, he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood is of me. So some of the people who were following him, they thought, this is a hard teaching. And they they withdrew from him. They thought he was talking about being cannibals. They were taking what he was saying literally. And then his 12 disciples, Yeshua asks them, well, are you going to withdraw as well? And Peter answers and says, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So what does it really mean to eat the flesh of Yeshua today for you and I? Yeshua also said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Actually, Moses said it, and then Yeshua quoted it. And that's from Deuteronomy. So when we read the word of God, we are literally eating his flesh. We are eating Yeshua. We're taking him in, within us, into our heart, into our soul, into our spirit. That is what it means to eat his flesh today, is to take in his word. And then to drink his blood. Well, the life is in the blood. And taking in his blood is also taking in his word and taking in his spirit. So this was a turning point. This was a sifting and a sorting and a separating. And when he gave this teaching about um, eating his flesh and drinking his blood, and that that he is the living bread that came down from heaven. He says, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And so some fell away and stopped following him. This was a a decision point for many of them. Okay, that's all I have for today. And have a blessed day, and we will see you tomorrow. Shalom. Mereka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.